today on the podcast i have a very special guest a colleague who i knew and had a lot of respect for the work she did recently i got to know during the refugee week in august that she was a refugee who fled from iran with her son almost 20 years ago and i was like there is a conversation about refugees that can be told there has to be a conversation because you know when you talk about refugees they're seen you know very suspicious way but no one knows what they actually go through and to see my own colleague go through and see that emotional post of hers I was, I was like there is a story to tell and people need to know about this so welcome to anshism nishina and uh, how are you doing today Hi Ansh, thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. Um I'm good. I'm good and looking forward to our discussion tonight. Thank you Nishin. Thank you for you know taking out the time. And you know tell us a bit about yourself. What what do you do? What your role is? Things that you're passionate about? Because I know we worked at the environmental and sustainability group together and I know that you're uh, someone who is actually into the saving the environment and having that conversation about it so tell us a bit about yourself um well um when i worked at university i i, I used to be an academic really um i mean when when you and i were in that environmental uh, committee um i i wasn't an academic anymore but uh, i started at university as an academic uh, and i was the course leader for architectural technology Uh, that was the course that I did my undergraduate degree uh, at University of Bolton uh, some years ago, and uh, since I've left the university, I um, I didn't work for about six months. Um, I mean, I, I I I wasn't employed for six months, but then um, an opportunity came, and they actually chased me to apply for the job. So um, and I did. So I am. Um, at the moment i am uh, a training manager for environmental sustainability at wincanton which is a uh, one of the uk's largest uh, supply chain solution logistic organization yeah. in the uk yeah that's what i'm doing yeah that's quite interesting and you know still talking about environmental sustainability but you know recently when through social media i read about you being a refugee and uh, people don't know much about it and you know i have these conversations to educate myself and the people who are listening so is it is it right that you fled from iran yes it is it was it was quite interesting uh, i mean that night when i posted i i don't i i mean i've never put personal post like that on linkedin before 100% i know that so but it was it was the refugee week and um there were few things on tv that i listened to and um and and i thought okay i'm going to do this just uh, just to promote the the kind of people who come to this country and why people come to this country 100% and, and why people live there So I sat down and uh, wrote that short narrative that you know is it's a really short story of what happened um what was the background and 
what happened and how it happened uh, you know you hardly get much of it really you know the story as, that I wrote it's just a very very short narrative of and that's you know that's what provoked me that, that's what provoked me to know your journey because you know people look at asylum seekers people look at refugees in a way that people i've seen the some people i would not name any ethnicity but i've seen the people's attitude like why should the taxpayer and you know that that hurts and that's why i want to ask what were your reasons why yeah yeah it's 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 really interesting um i mean yeah do do you know what what was really interesting about that post um I've never had any of my posts to be viewed so much. That post was viewed over 17,000 times and, and and I had reactions and I had direct messages from a lot of women from from all over the place. Um from people who sent me messages to say that uh, you've inspired me and you gave me hope that I can do what I have you know the, the through the journey that I've taken um upon myself to bring up my child and uh, on my own and all of that so uh, it, it was so overwhelming i mean the, the amount of messages i had after that um through that post it's just unbelievable um so i was actually pleased in a way i was pleased that if it gave a glimpse of hope to anybody i i was really really happy that I've done it but going back to why I did and what I did and what what motivated me to leave Iran was um, a number of things i mean i don't genuinely think that i ever fit in the country that i was born um for a lot of um kind of a family dynamic reason uh and i always I struggled i struggled with the religious uh, government you know with 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 the revolutionary of islamic revolutionary government i um, i i always struggled and it's not you know um i i never actually uh, got involved in anything political personally um, even though I I was brought up in a very volatile um uh, political family with my my father being involved in political activity but but I never but I never personally got involved in that kind of thing but but I I struggled with with the discipline with the idea with the thought of with the with the kind of a principles of um the islamic principle that they applied to to manage in the country in iran so yeah. part of part of these principle was um the family law, law and um how a woman actually uh, lives in iran so uh, for as long as you are not married you are owned by your father so your father decides whether or not you can have a passport whether or not you can study whether or not you can work is that so in iran so basically you have to get married to decide those things um well um 
not necessarily because when you get married then it's your husband who makes those decisions yeah your husband actually has a legal right to stop you from working that's not very good is it um has the legal right to stop you from going to university um, has the legal right to stop you from traveling from um, out to outside the country um or anywhere as that matter uh, you know yeah so um these these are the the way that the, these are the dynamics of um family law and then at the same time when you get divorced um if you manage to get divorced then um your children the children whatever whatever children you have they are not yours first of all they belong to the father and if the father is absent or died then they go to the family of the father okay so uh you found out i mean i mean things obviously i've left here on 25 years ago yeah. and um um or 26 years ago now um i left iran and between um is it 25 that's correct between coming here and leaving iran i lived four years in in turkey so yeah. i actually lived there for four years it was like my stop gap and kind of trying something and figuring out what i'm going to do um yeah so um uh, and when i lived in turkey my husband actually with us he came with us uh, yeah. I, I, we went alone but um what i realized was i mean very soon after my son was born um i i realized that i can't continue and we are going to hit serious problems with Uh, my husband and I yeah. knew that I'm going to lose the right over my son. Yeah. Um, so I had two choices. I had to either uh, put my head down and get on with it and you know just accept that kind of life. Yeah. Uh, or um I had to find a way. So I I found a way. and fa- finding the way was um first of all i tried going to turkey and tried finding a way yeah into in turkey but um um i didn't succeed then um yeah. and i ended up staying there for four years and um that's another story that's actually a book for itself yeah. reason my reason really was to avoid a divorce so that you don't you lose the right over your son yeah so i all i wanted was to to be able to look after my son um and and i say this um and i i am aware that when men listen to what i am saying um or anybody actually listens to what i'm saying yeah. would think that by taking my son away I've actually taken the fatherhood right from my my husband which I have it is right that I have done that and it's unfortunately I've done that because he wasn't prepared 
to find a middle way. Yeah. And because law gives them that right, so they felt they, more entitled, didn't they? Yeah, they they feel more entitled not just to the child but also to manipulate you. So yeah. they manipulate women. Men will manipulate women to uh, ju- just so that they, you know, um, they can't because women want to have the right over their kid or have access to their kid, um, and that's the way of manipulation. But at the same time, in between my, my husband and I, and one of the things was that, apart from the fact that I just I couldn't live without my son, I genuinely couldn't. I thought yeah. that I will die without him. Um, mm. I mean, he's 25. I still um, feel the same, if I'm honest. But um, yeah. but then he he was a baby, uh, and. Um, and I thought between him and I am the most capable one. Hmm. Um, I, and I'm not wrong. Oh. Um, I'm 100%, I am 100% right between uh, to, to make that kind of judgment and that decision that I was the most capable one between the yeah. two of us. So um, I should take the responsibility of the child. 100%. And, you know, talking about your experience and talking about how, you know, you have to sometimes, I would call them extreme ideas and extreme ideologies to run away from them for a better life. But it's not easy for every, everyone. And I'm sure that a lot of people feel the same about this, what you feel. And there's a lot of things that people don't agree to with what you say, because people didn't like no we like to live like this some people would be suffocated and you know you made that journey you made that uh, experience and it's it's not of course it's not been easy but what is what is it like when people say to you that why are you claiming asylum in the uk why are you using the taxpayers money but and why the uk do you know, I mean, to be truthful, nobody actually told me uh, that thing. I mean, uh, I I think, I mean, I've heard it said. And in a way, uh, I, I thought about this when I was going through the process at the same time. Um, it's, it is, it's, it's quite a cost to deal with every asylum seeker. And depending on how complicated the case is uh, and how long it takes, um, there's a cost attached to that. You know, there's a cost for a barrister to come to a court to to represent yeah. you. At the time, I, I remember the, the day cost of that particular barrister who came to my court was, um, that's you know 20 near enough to 20 years ago 17 18 years ago yeah and i think he 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 cost about 600 pound a day something like that if i if i remember correctly for a lawyer uh, yeah it was he was a young barrister but um uh, but i mean i think um, an estimate of um, cost of a 
kind of a folder like mine, a file like mine, that, yeah. um, that and the process of that, something between fifteen to twenty thousand pounds, just the legal, just that the legal, just, just come over to the UK. Yeah, just the legal cost of um, a refugee who goes through, um, you know, gets a solicitor and then. Um, goes through the yeah. home office application and then court application potentially evidence gathering maybe examination i had yeah. to go to a number of uh, psychologists to talk to and yeah. a lot of evidence gathered through that so it's a massive cost and you think why why these poor people have to and pay how? for this yeah. you know um um, at the time as well, do you know, it's, I think um, nobody who um, comes here as an asylum seeker understand the, the cycle of money in this country. Yeah. Nobody has an understanding of economic um, cycle where the money comes from. You don't know it. You, you actually start understanding it once you become part of the system and once you start putting money in the system, you know, when you start yeah. generating money um, in the system, you understand it much better when you're part of it. And, yeah. um, but um, I think, I just, I, I was thinking, why should I become somebody else's problem? Yeah. And that's, that's in general because I've always tried to solve my own problems myself, in a way. Yeah. By yeah. coming here, I was trying to solve that problem, but but all of a sudden I become a Britain's a yeah, yeah, yeah. A burden on Britain. Um, and, and my motivation, but my motivation was strong for for all the difficulties. I I don't think it's easy, and I don't. Hundred percent. And and you know you talk about being a single mother isn't easy, fleeing a country isn't easy. Uh, you know doing the things you have done isn't easy. And you know I commend you for that. I commend you for trying to live the trying to live the life that you want to live. And I I, I remember you beautiful beautifully said it that. You know, you wouldn't never head out because of without your son, and societal and political problems of others will, you know, will never stop you changing and the access to basic rights. So you know, people talk about political borders. People talk about where are you from. And you said that I'm from planet Earth. Where, planet Earth. Where are you from? So that 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 was really kind of gave me goosebumps when I was reading it. Thank so, you. I you genuinely know, believe that you know. I, I genuinely believe that too because I have had you know I'm a brown man. I'm an Indian guy in a in a in a white white populated mostly country in 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 Britain, and uh, you know I had this. I have a lot of sense of love for my country, but I came to this realization that we all bleed the same. We all breathe the same. So why are we any different? Why am I any different from a black man, from a white man, from anyone? So yeah, that changed my thinking as well. We all 
have an equal right to live on the earth if that makes sense yeah absolutely i think uh, we are but it is much more complicated or much more um interesting than and than this as well it is that we are all one i mean um I, i don't i don't think that actually not a lot of people may necessarily see that but once you see this is is a bit is is lot easier what i what happened to me was i i realized that i can get sad with any nation and i can get happy with any nation it's i can get sad for the sadness of humanity and i get happy for the happiness of humanity and wherever that is that's powerful you know wherever that is whichever language it is it when it is the energy of humanity it moves you um 100% and you don't you don't even need to understand their language you just you just feel how they feel and and that is enough we we all we are just one we just one so it doesn't and i've never is an interesting thing as well is partly because probably i managed to thrive in a different way in this country yeah and um and although in a way that none of this was my plan you know i didn't have any plans to come here to go to university i didn't have pl- i didn't have any plans whatsoever yeah i only came here to be with my son away yeah. from anything and all put, the other things followed everything i put everything behind all i wanted to be with my son somewhere yeah. that is that is safe potentially and yeah. be my with, with my son the rest of it actually developed 100% you know the rest of it developed and i went to university um, i did different things and i went to university again and yeah you know it's it's just um, so um but to to do something like that I still say to people um you need a strong motivations you need to have an end goal inside maybe your goal was just to be with your son just to be safe and you know you, you need you yeah. need a strong motivation it's 100%. not the goal it's really you, you really need to have a strong motivation and mm-hmm. my biggest motivation was to be with my son that's yes yeah. that that was the driver but you know you talk about the refugee week and you talk about asylum seeking you talked about your own journey talk us through what what do you feel about afghanistan because a lot of people have you know quite 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 a few mixed things to say about it some blame the us some blame the un but what about the people of afghanistan how do we help them and do they need help or what's going on in afghanistan Do you know it's it's amazing it's it actually is heartbreaking just watching what is happening or what has been happening in that country Does it sometimes remind you of your time in Iran and It does it's it's not in Iran, like Iran do you know I am actually 
And despite all that experiences that I've had in Iran, I'm actually grateful that I was born in Iran and not in Afghanistan. So my childhood um, was full of memories of war and conflict in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. From, from you know from very young age i think it was when russians were over there in afghanistan yeah. and 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 then things changed and um, taliban took over um you know um they left and well american went in intervened not directly but you know um paid uh, different groups and all of that so i remember all of that and i'm also at the same time bear in mind that a lot of afghan refugees actually came to iran so um, i have known afghan people from very young age my dad uh, my dad was in fashion industry and um, he was a slight um, a stylist and The, the, the person actually who designed clothes and you know cut them in masses and you know people who were working in the workshop textile workshop they were sewing them and he was supervising these people to do the job properly and I know a lot of Afghan people who worked in those uh, yeah. workshops uh, and came and lived in Iran I mean Afghan people who came and worked in construction site a lot of people a lot of afghans work in construction site but incidentally uh, last yeah. week um, over the weekend actually um, i was watching something on netflix and i was thinking how beautifully although you know don't take this wrong but they, nev- they never tell you the entire story nobody always tells you the entire story but it everyone a- has a different version of story to tell yeah yeah but it's it is an interesting documentary i recommend it to everybody who's interested in afghanistan to watch that and uh, it's called turning point on netflix yeah. and and it's it actually it actually says it starts about what happened on 9-11 and kind of the question of why why people hate us and the question of americans why people hate us so much to do something this terrible and then when you when you turn back and look back you think um in 80s yeah when women actually lived freely in, uh, in afghanistan even though yeah. russians kind of control in the country uh, women, well, women could, have better rights them yeah women had rights women could go to women could go to university could study and um, could do so many and and like many other people other people could do i mean there was life in afghanistan yeah right and americans started uh, kind of pouring money in the country just to stop russia to mm-hmm. kind of you know Russia then 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 Soviet Union to grow in that particular area in in the Middle East. Yeah. And then once they get the Russians out of the country, 
they they left they left Afghanistan without thinking what happens now to Afghanistan and that was when Taliban take up, took over yeah. and life changed life absolutely changed um it is sad it is heartbreaking and the yeah. future that that is in there um yeah. god is is bleak and um how how can we as individuals nishin how can we be more understanding of the situation of asylum seekers how can we be more helpful how can we support them are there any charities are there any organizations or you know in terms of how people perceive them is there is there a way we can change that how important is having that conversation I think I think one of the most powerful things that I heard um was from a former um Afghan refugee. Yeah. And he said something that it just stayed with me and I thought that really is true. So these refugees who come here they they just don't bring themselves. They also yeah. bring their hopes with them. 100% you know they they bring their hopes with them and that's that's something to consider and um like i said in the post that i put we never choose which country to be born we we, we don't choose our families we don't choose our countries mother nature chooses it for us if that Abs- absolutely so we're just born to it and uh and i think and people um, should have the right according to you to be able to make that choice and just to you know if you think for example it's you nishin to have a better life with your son to have a better life for yourself to have a, maybe for someone it would be to better have a better life for the daughter for, for the family so as you said people don't only immigrate or migrate to a different country just for the sake of it or just for the fun of it they might great for a better life i don't i don't necessarily even say for a better life they might actually travel for life yeah you know not just for better life they a lot of the time people leave their countries and i know that there are there are situations that people who abuse the system yeah and you know they they migrate for other reasons to uh, just for better life actually yeah uh, they do that but but most people most of the refugees they fled their countries to to actually to be able to live um or to be able to access the basic human right that they are entitled to and they can't access it in the country that they are born. Yeah. Um you know that that is that is the fundamental reason. Unfortunately though I, I must say that unfortunately the system of um electing um you know the elimination of migrants and um which one to accept and which one to let go and not to reject and send back is is not a perfect system because i know i know many refugees 
who have come here for a better life as opposed to people who have actually come here for their fundamental rights um so the ones who have come for better life actually got to stay quite easily whereas people who have come here for their fundamental rights um haven't and they had to fight for years so it's it's not it's not unfortunately a perfect system but but still there's something you know there's still something so so, so that I've managed to stay here with my son and uh, definitely i think nishin i have been moved by your story i have been moved by this conversation and i have i truly believe i truly believe everyone should have basic rights basic opportunities to just be able to live life live life the, the way they want to live it very simple and i have believed in that always so you know you have had their you have had your experience and i know that i know for a fact how big of a motivation you would need or how strong of a woman you are but any closing remarks for people who are listening who might be losing hope who might not have the courage to start over all all over again and yeah would you like to say something about that um i think oh god i, th- I think that um generally people who have who've, who've made the journey like the one i made um they already have a strong motivations yeah to to be here um yeah. but i think um it is important one thing that i say that it is important to um to realize that we are actually all one i'm not sure how how easy it is to explain this i'm not sure how easy it is to actually reach to this realization um but i think um trying to make the best of the opportunities that people are given um especially those who migrate to to the UK say for example yeah um make the best of those opportunities um Definitely. and try to give something back when 100%. when you can stand up on your feet try to give something back yeah there is there is equal i think in fact not equal there's actually a much bigger um pleasure in doing something for a cause bigger than yourself